You're listening to the Kindling Rhythms podcast by Restore Houston Church. In John chapter 21, Jesus built a kindling fire for his friend Peter, who was at a low place in his life. His shame and failures were defining everything for him. But Jesus will not let shame and failure have the last word in Peter's life. And in an act of love, Jesus built a kindling fire to serve as a meeting place between himself and Peter. A broken Peter meets with Jesus around this fire, and Jesus gently restores Peter, showing him love, giving him grace, and empowering him to live the life that Jesus had called him to. In this beautiful moment, the whole direction of Peter's life changes. Kindling Rhythm strives to follow in the tradition of that same kindling fire that Jesus built for Peter. By creating a meeting space where your shame and failure give way to the love of Jesus. Where grace restores even the most broken parts of your life and you can find rest knowing that he deeply cares for you. May you also, just like Peter, find him in this space. Hi friends and welcome to Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday or Sunday or whenever it is you're watching this. Um, we are in part two of three of our, of our series on the fruit of the spirit. But before we jump into that, um, I just want to quickly, I announced it on Sunday. Um, we've announced it on social media, um, as of today, but we are going to have our first in-person Easter gathering this Easter. That's April 4th, um, at Walking Stick Brewery. So if you are, um, Looking for a place to celebrate Easter, you are welcome to invite friends and family. We've got outdoor seating for 60 plus people. Um, there's seating even in the parking lot or and kind of the grass around there. Um, so we're asking people to be safe, to wear masks, um, to be distanced as much as they can. Um, but I'm probably more excited about this than I've, I've been on about something in a long time. So Josh Taylor from uh, the lead vocalist from We The Wellspring is going to be leading worship for us. Uh, I met Josh um, last year when I was speaking at a conference. Um, he was leading the worship at that conference and uh, really liked him, really loved their, his approach to music. So he's going to be leading worship for us, um, which I'm, I'm just that much more excited about. Um, so there's going to be free coffee and bagels. There's going to be beer available for purchase um and games for the kids so wear a mask um stay safe um but um if you're able to join us it'll be so fun to see you um but that being said i know that there are some people that this may not feel totally comfortable for them and that's okay um i want there to be zero pressure no matter who you are whether you're a leader a small group leader whether you're on the launch team whether you've been checking us out zero pressure to come um, do what is most comfortable for you, what you think is best for your health and safety and the health and safety of your family. Um, we are going to be live streaming it. So if you're not in Houston and there's quite a few of you around who are not in Houston, um, we're going to be live streaming it. Or if you feel that it's safest for you and your family to, to live stream, that's going to be available for you as well. So you can worship with us through live stream. You can worship with us in person. Um, based on what you feel is best or based on where you're located. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, can't wait to um, see that happen and get to spend time with y'all. Easter will kind of mark the beginning of our in-person gatherings. Um, so as we move forward with vaccine distribution and, you know, seeing a continued decline in cases, um, we're going we're gonna to move more and more to in-person gatherings. So Easter will be the first. We'll have at least one a month now. 
um, all through the summer, possibly more. Um, again, just looking at what are we what are we thinking as far as vaccine distribution? What's feels safest? Um, and so um, hang tight because there's a lot of other exciting things that are in the works for us. But um, for now, we are in the fruit of the spirit. Um, we are in part um, two of three. And so this week in particular, I want us to wrestle with as Christians, how do we follow God's will in our life when Paul tells us, um, let the fruit of the spirit, let the spirit's guiding lead you in every part of your life. He says it at the beginning of his listing of the fruit of the spirit. And he says it right at the very end, let every part of your life be guided by the spirits. And why this is important and why this is significant, I think, for us, life-changing even, um, is the God of the universe, the architect of the stars, the one who hung the cosmos where they are, um, the one of infinite wisdom and beauty and glory and power and majesty, um, has chosen to reside in our hearts. If we follow Jesus, his spirit is indwelling within us. There's mystery to that. I don't have all the ways to explain that. Um, but there is something about his loving presence in our life that begins to change us. And when it changes us, when it guides us, here's what happens. These, and these are my words, not Paul's, but this is how I think um, we could summarize what Paul is saying about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, you follow God's life when you see the fruit of the Spirit blossoming, um, developing, growing, being cultivated in the lives of others through your presence. Okay, so the fruit of the Spirit, Paul very clearly wants us to understand in the context of community, not in isolation. And Paul says, you want to follow the Spirit's guiding in your life. Look for love and joy and peace in the lives of others because you are present in them. Um, it'll be present in your life as well. So um, why this is just life-changing and life-giving and why I really want to spend three weeks wrestling with this is for a lot of us, regardless of what Christian tradition we grew up in, what denomination, maybe we didn't grow up in one at all, um, but we've, we've seen things be forcefully taught and forcefully you know, pushed in this direction of like, you have to believe this, you have to have this stance or you're not a Christian, you have to vote this way or you're not a Christian. Um, and that's not at all what Paul says. So Paul says, let the spirit guide your life. And here's how you know the Spirit is guiding your life. You see the fruit of His Spirit manifesting in the lives of others through your presence. You see the Spirit manifesting in your life through their presence and yours. And so um, this is incredibly freeing for us as Christians if we can really grasp this. Um, because for most of us, we have a lot of anxiety about following God's will, right? And and we, we follow God's will the way that we make investment decisions, right? We want to get it right. We want to make sure we get it right. We don't mess up. We get the right job, the right career, the right city to live in, the right spouse to marry, all of these things. And we're just, right? And we have all of this anxiety about, um, was that a sign from God that I should have done that or seen this or gone there? Um, and the reality is that is just not what Paul is saying, how one walks with God. That's not how one hears from God, sees God, knows God. One sees and knows and hears from God, walks with God, walks with God's plan for their life because the fruit of the Spirit are, are growing in the lives of other people through their presence and growing in their own life um, through their presence um, and through the Holy Spirit who's present in your life, right? So you are this vessel 
um, that takes the presence of the Spirit of the living God into the lives of others. And when that happens, you see fruit. And so why that's significant, why that's so important, why we've stuck with this for three weeks, um, is I think for some of us, this will radically change the way we think of ourselves, the way we think of theology, maybe think of things that we've been taught. Um, because there is this point where we have to wrestle with, and a lot of these questions tonight, by the way, don't have a right or wrong answer per se. Um, but rather, I want us to wrestle with this space. What does it mean um, for our theology, for our church doctrine, for everything, um, if the fruit of the Spirit is the primary way that we navigate life? Does this theological belief, does this perspective on myself, does this, you know, what I think about God, what I think God thinks about me, does that lead to the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Does it, is it leading to peace and joy in my soul? Is it leading to faith? Or is it leading to me feeling anxious and angsty and insecure and afraid and overwhelmed and unsure? If I look at a church, if I look at the life of a pastor or a famous theologian or whatever, and, I've, and I'm listening to what they're saying and their perspectives, do I see the fruit of the Spirit in their life? And if I don't, like, what do I do with that? Do I disregard everything they're saying? Do I approach it carefully? Like, what's the, like, and, and, you know, honestly, I don't know if I have a formula for you other than follow the Spirit's leading. Um, and so the question inevitably is, well, then wait, how do we define love? Because all of us might define love differently. Um, some of us might think something is loving when it's really toxic. Like, how do we define joy? Here's, here's how we define those things. We look to the life of Jesus. Jesus is our example of love. Jesus is our example of joy. Um, Jesus is our example of peace. Like, we look to the life of Jesus, and we can see those fruit, right? Because Jesus walked with the Spirit. He walked with the Spirit of the Father. And in his life, he brought these things, love and joy and peace, um, to the lives of those around him, right? And so it's this metric, this, it's just this way that can guide us in such a way that we can be confident, as Paul uses it, confident um, in the Spirit's guiding that's leading us to this hope of resurrection, this hope that we have in Jesus. Um, so that's what I want to wrestle with tonight um, with you all is how do we, how do we let the spirit guide every part of our life? And, and then how do we put the priorities right with the way that we look for God's will, the way that we understand God, the way that we listen to theology, all of those things. How do we understand it um, in light of being led by his spirit?